This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Consultant, nothing personal, word of the day. Final day of the first quarter of 2022. It is March 31st, and the word is consultant. What news yesterday? It sort of rocked me a little bit. Bruce Arians, the Super Bowl winning coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the team that is once again going to be favored to win a Super Bowl because Tom Brady, their quarterback, has unretired after a huge, long, multi-year retirement. I think he was out of the game for seven or eight years, and he was coming back this year to try to win a Super Bowl, reuniting with his coach, with whom he won a Super Bowl only two years ago. And Bruce Arians released a document saying he is becoming the senior, wait for it, football, here it is, consultant to the general manager. He then released a long, long statement saying, I'm healthy. Don't say, don't say I'm not healthy. This was my decision. Don't say it wasn't. I've been thinking about retirement for a while, and I wanted this team to be in good hands, and I wanted Todd Bowles, this very worthy defensive coordinator. I wanted him to not have to take over a bad team. Maybe he was referencing when Bowles was coaching the Jets. I don't know. And I think that we are in a great position now that it is the perfect time to step down and have Todd Bowles be our coach. I started talking about this with the Glazer family, the owners, the guys who own the EPL team, Manchester, the family. Sat down, talked to them, and we all agreed. This is the right time. About 10 minutes later, Sir Thomas Aquinas Brady posts four paragraphs of such effusive praise that not one word of it rang true in my ears. This is the same player who when he retired, however many months ago, I said seven to eight years earlier in the show. I think he was retired for seven or eight minutes, like two weeks ago. In his paragraphs, he said, Bruce Arians is the best man, the best coach. He we're so lucky to have had him, and now we're in this great position. And it was, when he left, he didn't even thank Bill Belichick, who he was with for 20 years and won however many six rings. But for Bruce Arians and the Glazers, it's just kumbaya and love all around. Are you kidding me? Do they think that we're going to think that they're telling us the truth? Do they think that the statements by Arians, the title they're giving him, which is the biggest crock I've given people senior consultant titles, it's code for you're kicked upstairs. 
we can't let you out of the organization unless we're Sherman and Jeter and we just get rid of you altogether. But we're going to keep you around. We're going to name you a senior assistant to the president or senior assistant to the GM, senior assistant to the owner, assistant to the owner. I guess you get senior when you're over 68. What is Arian? 69? I guess that makes you senior. In actuality, you're around the team when you want to be. Your responsibilities, you don't have direct personnel responsibility. You're not calling plays. You're not devising game plans. You may go look at a potential draft pick. You may go to the senior bowl. You go to games. You shake hands. You kiss babies. You are not involved. There is a chance that Bruce Arians and Tom Brady will not say one word to each other during the course of a season. Not a word. Then you go back and think, hmm. What about those rumors when Tom Brady first got to Tampa Bay and Bruce Arians was being hard on him and Tom didn't like that? And then they weren't getting along so well because maybe Arians had a game plan that Brady didn't agree with or maybe Brady wasn't in charge the way he thought he would be in charge when he negotiated to join the Tampa Buccaneers. Maybe there was just a personality conflict. One with a personality, one without a personality. Maybe their wives didn't like each other. Whatever the case, when there's smoke, there's fire in general when you're talking about relationships between players and coaches and players and managers. I don't recall once in my career where there was a rumor perpetuated, promulgated by media, people in the media about some issue in the clubhouse, and I would say to our owner, yeah, that doesn't exist at all. That, I, don't, I don't ever recall that happening. It is so easy to get the word out when there's a problem. Either you can do it directly or there's media around and they just see it. People in the media are very smart when you're around a team. That's why they want access to the locker room and to the clubhouse because you get to see things and experience things in a way you can't in a Zoom room or in a press conference room. You look at dynamics. You look at where players are sitting, where, where they're getting dressed, where they're eating. If there's a problem between a coach and a player, it becomes pretty obvious. So they thought that by waiting several weeks since Tom Brady unretired, by having a statement ready where Bruce Arians talks about how everything's perfect, having Tom Brady release something that says everything's perfect, that we would all say, great, everything's perfect. There's nothing to see here. Let's move on. And if you're a fan of the Buccaneers, you're going to want to go down that road because you don't want to believe that Tom Brady is who we all know him to be. I think it's pretty clear to be the greatest, you have to have sort of that bit of prickly edge to you. You have to have that competitive spirit. And as you get older and you are the greatest, you have to have more say. It's just part of the rules. It's what you want. You see the breakups often with aging superstars when they're not getting what they want, when they're not getting the respect that they feel, the playing time, the results. Well, Tom Brady's still getting results. Finished second, could have won the MVP last year, maybe finished third to Cooper, Cooper and to, to Aaron, but had a season that is quite strange for someone who is in his 40s. So I was wondering about Todd Bowles taking over. He's not a first-year coach. He's not a first-time head coach. He did coach the New Jersey Jets. There's a lot of talk about the relationship that Tom Brady had with his offensive coordinator, Byron Leftwich. There were rumors that he was going to take over at some point. He then interviewed with Jacksonville, took his name out of the mix in Jacksonville, went back to Tampa, and the thought was 
That was a Tom Brady retirement, unretirement. They are a great team. That's who Tom Brady wanted. One of the conditions, I want Byron. So when Tom Brady is negotiating to come back and he's flying over to England and going to a Manchester game with the Glazer family, what do you think they were negotiating? Everyone was speculating. Were they possibly negotiating a post-playing career, a piece of the pie? Did he want to go full LeBron James? Did he want to own part of the EPL? Did he want to get into Fenway Sports Group? That's not the group who does it, but that's an example where they own multiple assets. That's the company that owns Liverpool and the Red Sox, etc. It turns out that Tom Brady may have been there to make sure that everyone was clear that I'm coming back and Bruce Arians is not. Because there's no explanation. Think about the timing of this. NFL teams do not make coaching changes on March 30th. As a matter of fact, the entire Rooney rule that we discuss and that has been the bane of the NFL owner's existence because they have to interview minorities and now I guess they even have to do more. They have to hire league mandated. We talked about that a couple of days ago. The Rooney rule does not apply for coaching changes made this time of year because it just doesn't happen. Now, the Rooney rule wouldn't even matter in this case because Todd Bowles is black. And the reality is that that now changes the stats for the NFL. It is wholly possible that the NFL was aware of this from the beginning. They knew when Tom Brady was coming back what this meant, why it was happening, what the result would be. It's all too convenient for me. And when there's convenience in sports, it means it has been absolutely premeditated. Because you don't luck into this sort of coaching change if you're Tom Brady. All of a sudden, Bruce Arians wakes up one day and says, we're in good hands, it's all state time, we're good. It just doesn't work. That it, it doesn't happen. And you may think I'm cynical. And I, I wouldn't say you'd be wrong about that. But is it cynicism when at the end of the day it becomes truth or it's always been truth? So Coke and I spend time talking about the show. When this came up, we were talking about why this was happening and what players' reactions would be. We agree that an NFL coach is the single most important position. Do we all agree? Of all of the coaches. NBA, NHL, MLB, NFL. The NFL coach, I've always maintained, even negotiating salaries with managers, the plethora of managers I had. Listen, I love you, but let's face it. Our lineup stinks and you can't make it better. Managers can make a good team great. They cannot make a bad team good. The NFL, a coach, can take a team of players who you think are going to be bad and they become some sort of team because of game plans, play calling, schemes. So a coaching change this late where you are now putting in your game plans for the 2022 season for the next season, it's questionable. And if I'm Tom Brady and I just unretired, to become a Buccaneer and expected to be playing for Bruce Arians, why would he not be upset at the coaching change? Why would he not have gone public and saying, I'm happy for him that he's making the decision he's making, but boy, I wish he had made this decision a while ago. 
boy, we're a little behind now, but I have confidence that Todd Bowles will catch up, but we're definitely behind. Or was Bruce Arians not even involved with Byron Leftwich in the offensive game plan, and that's all Brady cares about? Not true. He needs a good defense to win a Super Bowl. He knows that. So I just find it all to be unreasonable horse hockey. But you're going to keep hearing the tales spun. It's a web of lies. Bruce Arians is a senior football consultant for Jason Lake to All's Well in Tampa. Tom had no idea. Okay. If that's their story and they're going to stick to it, okay. Who am I to care? All right. Today is a big day. Big. March 31st. It's opening day. How great is that? When the calendar comes out, when the MLB schedule comes out, it was always exciting. You get your first draft. They send the first draft of the schedule to teams in June, and you see what your schedule is for the following season. And then you negotiate back and forth. You set up game times. You change some off days. There are a few tweaks, a few a few turns, twists, and then you get sent the schedule before the rest, before anybody gets it publicly. You get sent the final schedule in August. You then send to your companies who do your giveaways the schedule because you do a schedule magnet for the final day of the season for the next season and you know when opening day is and you're super excited for it and you plan for it all off season and then there's a sort of lull in november december for 17 out of 18 years there was a lull in october november december then the calendar changes you celebrate new year's eve you wake up and it's on like donkey kong you're getting ready for spring training. You have opening day circled. March 31st. Of course, then you're worried about a lockout or a work stoppage. You're worried about injuries. You're worried about selling tickets. You're worried about team performance. You're worried about everything. And then they moved opening day. So today's not opening day. Opening day is not till April 7th. And here we are when our internal calendars would say, it's time, it's time for baseball. So if I'm Major League Baseball, I have to take today very seriously. Because the fans expected baseball today. And when fans expect opening day, you've got to deliver something to them. And baseball delivered home run derby X. Seriously, that's the best Major League Baseball could come up with as an announcement on the day that baseball was going to start. The eve, opening day eve, they come up with Home Run Derby X with a video where everybody thought Aaron Judge was doing a Home Run Derby. How cool would that be? Home Run Derby X is a marketing ploy invented by Major League Baseball and approved by the union where there is a MLB legend let me name the legends for you. Adrian Gonzalez, sort of a legend. Giovanni Soto, huh? Yes, he played for the Cubs. Legend? I think not. Nick Swisher of the Yankees. Uh, yeah, Nick Swisher of the Yankees. And then Johnny Gomes. Johnny Gomes. Hold on, wait, wait. Where are the legends again? Johnny Gomes, Nick Swisher, Giovanni Soto, and Adrian Gonzalez are on teams representing the Red Sox, the Yankees, the Cubs, and I guess the Rangers. Who is Adrian Gonzalez representing? Coca, the Rangers, I assume. 
and these four guys are going to compete in a home run derby around the world, except they're going to be on a team, and on the team is going to be a softball player because you've got to market to women. There's going to be a rookie player from the Rookie Development League, which is how you promote people playing baseball because people love the long ball. And so you bring in some young kids who no one's ever heard of, try to see if they can be stars, create a star. Maybe they could become stars. Dodgers, Adrian Gonzalez. Thank you, not the... uh, So it's Dodgers, Red Sox, Cubs, and Yankees, the four major teams in baseball. And then on each home run derby team, wait for it, is a content influencer, an influential content producer, a TikTok star, a Facebook star, an Instagram star. Baseball is trying to be hip. They're trying to get younger. They're trying to get people to acknowledge that you don't have to sit through an entire baseball game, but how about home run derbies? People love home run derbies. They learned that the home run derby during the All-Star weekend is more popular than the All-Star game. That's the trend. So why not get a bunch of old players, fit them into a uniform, make it look like a beer league, right? Find four guys who still look decent, attach them to the four biggest franchises, and then sell it around the world. This Home Run Derby X is going to take place in London. Let's see if you guys understand or remember what these have in common. London, Mexico City, and Seoul. Hmm. Why would baseball want to have any sort of show or attraction in London, Seoul, and Mexico City? Now we're talking. When I was on the MLB International Committee, we would sit around for hours trying to think of ways to get more money out of these markets. The number one way is to get a player. We always called it the Ming plan. The Ming plan is a plan where you get a player, Yao Ming, from a country, China, to play in your league, NBA, and all of a sudden, China becomes a huge market. So we invested and approved, as part of the International Committee, an investment in India because we wanted to have money that is in India for all the people. So we wanted to find a player. So we put money in to have little leagues and start developing young players. This is 20 years old and we haven't developed anybody. There were two Indian players who played for the uh, Pirates in the minor league system didn't sniff the major leagues, never became popular, and eventually the investment in India stopped. How about a European, a London player, because London wants games. The NFL already has a foothold in London. MLB is totally jealous of that. That's why as part of this new collective bargain agreement, there are going to be games internationally, not just in London, pre-approved so we don't have to argue with the union. That's a dollar fine, Coca. Pre-approved so they don't have to argue with the union. London, Germany, they want to play in France. You got to get Europe. You got to find a way to expand into Europe. You got to get people buying MLB jerseys, not just Yankee hats, where they don't even know what team it is. They just know that people wear them, so it's fashionable. You've got to get bigger broadcast deals, bigger promotional money, where a group of people in a country pay MLB to host games. Why are there games in Puerto Rico? There was a promoter in Puerto Rico who would pay MLB money that would guarantee MLB no risks to MLB. MLB was making money, and that money was being split amongst 30 teams. 
the teams who would play in Puerto Rico got extra money as well. So promoters are paying for the right to have baseball. Korea, how do you not want South Korea as a market for you? Now, maybe he stopped Troy was not available. Maybe he's not able to hit home runs anymore. I don't know. But that would have been a great get for MLB. Got to be more famous than Giovanni Soto, right? Like you bring these people to South Korea and the people say, who are these people? It's not, this is not the Red Sox, Yankees and Dodgers and Cubs. This is like a, a strange sort of Saturday of All-Star weekend celebrity softball tournament. And there's gimmicks of you hit home runs or you can catch the ball, you can hit targets. And MLB's trying to convince you that this is going to be fun. This is going to be hip. So you know better. This entire MLB situation, it's only because the Home Run Derby X, it's only to see if they can get more money out of these international markets. Bigger broadcast deals, bigger promotional deals for MLB games. Okay, so you know that. So baseball tried to do that for today opening day, didn't work. What would I be doing if I were commissioner of baseball on March 31st? An article got dropped yesterday in The Athletic. Ken Rosenthal wrote something saying that Rob Manfred has been going around meeting with players, keeping the promise that he made after the collective bargain agreement was signed when he admitted that his relationship with the players is less than stellar, less than acceptable, and he wants a better relationship with them. So now there's an article that comes out that he's meeting with players in an effort to have a detente. Meanwhile, every year the commissioner, no matter who the commissioner is, meets with players during spring training. But this time, there's some players quoted in the article, some players saying this is a good start, it's a good step. And I like that Rob is doing that. But that's not what I'm doing on March 31st. I'm not having an article written about my relationship with players. I'm doing something with fans today. I'm doing something with big league players and fans. I'm having a special moment at each spring training game today. Something that seems like an opening day. Maybe a giveaway. Not opening day 2022. Some sort of marketing ploy that acknowledges what today could have been. Has a charitable component. Maybe you have arranged in advance because they knew March 31st was not going to be opening day. Maybe you arrange that every spring training game has a thousand kids from a boys and girls club. Today. Local kids in Arizona and Florida. Or maybe you announce that a thousand kids are gonna go to each actual opening day in each city where there's a major league team, but you announce it today. The return of baseball has been delayed and we are sorry, but we are making it up to you. Why? Because we want to and you deserve it. There's such an opportunity today for the commissioner himself to improve his Q rating. There's such an opportunity for teams to acknowledge, but the way we always did it with our hubris and our egomaniacal behavior is that we assume that fans and people and media have forgotten the negativity. It's done. The lockout's over. No one's talking about it. Everyone's excited about the team. Spring training, we're all looking at simulations. We're looking at expected records. We're trying to guess who MVPs are going to be. We're counting down the moments wondering whether or not our team can finally win a World Series, be in a World Series, make the playoffs, win a playoff game, win a round. And we would focus on that because we don't want you ever thinking about anything negative. 
wait till your team's out of it in September to be negative. But we would assume that if we don't talk about it, we've buried it and it's forgotten about. What about taking something negative and actually discussing it, not leaking it, acknowledging it, embracing it, and trying to turn it around to something positive? MLBs just never worked that way, but that's what I'd be doing if it were me today. Okay, I got. I just want to cover one more baseball thing before we before we go to break. Coca, did you see the final score of the St. Louis Cardinals spring training game? The Cardinals beat the Nationals twenty nine to eight. Twenty nine runs were given up by the Nationals pitching staff. The Nationals are going to be the last place team in the NL East. Believe me, if any team finishes behind the Nationals, game over. Donnie, I'm talking to you. You cannot finish in last place this year in the NL East. Forget the fact that you're expected to win. You cannot finish behind the Nationals. They absolutely stink. And these guys won the World Series only three seasons ago. They still have Patrick. There's no chance I should be starting Corbin. Steven Strasburg had MVP extension. Everyone's happy. I don't remember the last time he pitched, but he may try to pitch this year. They've got the best player, Juan Soto. But again, that doesn't matter because the Angels have Trout and Otani, and they can't sniff October. So the Nationals are trying to figure out who's going to pitch for them. And they went to a showcase in Miami with one of my favorite pitchers who pitched for us in 2006, part of a great young rotation. We got him from the Red Sox in a trade, Annabelle Sanchez. He's pitched a no-hitter. He's just a, uh, he's a beautiful man, actually. Just a, a lovely, lovely person. And he was very good in the showcase. And I've told you on nothing personal, showcases don't matter. He gave up 10 runs yesterday. Now, I've also told you spring training games don't matter, but they can be telling. Part of the problem with the game yesterday is the Nationals have a first-round pick from 2020 whose name is Cade Cavalli. They let him give up 10 runs. You don't let your first-round pick from two years ago into a spring training game and keep him out there no matter how many innings you need to get out of your projected pitchers during the course of a spring training game because you always have a plan of who's going to pitch how long and you sometimes just have to let a player wear it that's the expression it happens during the regular season sometimes hey you're wearing it today you got to get six outs if you give up 10 runs you do but you got to get me six outs you don't let a first round pick wear it during a spring training game you just don't do it there's something going on there, something wrong with either the Nationals front office, something wrong with their first round pick where they don't believe he's going to be good. But the optics of it from a scouting development standpoint, from an organizational standpoint, you simply do not let your first round pick wear a 10 run outing in spring training. All right, when we come back, we're going to review a movie that I'm not sure many of you saw, but you should. And then we're going to talk a little bit about what's going on in Washington, D.C., because it's pretty interesting. We'll be right back. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. It is the final day of March 2022. Our word of the day was consultant. Thank you for getting through commercials and being with us and rating, reviewing, subscribing for all the things that you do to make Nothing Personal grow. Believe me, I appreciate it. If you can go to YouTube and tell me how to fix this background, Nothing Personal with David Sampson, hit subscribe and enjoy the video portion of the show. Watch a movie every day. When I see a movie with a good cast, I'm watching it. Jason Siegel, I'm watching his movies. The guy from Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Knocked Up, Jason Siegel, he's probably in a TV show that I can't remember. Jesse Plemons, the guy from Power of the Dog, the guy from Breaking Bad, Jesse Plemons. Lily Collins, Emily in Paris, Lily Collins, I'm watching it. Those are the three movie stars who star in a new movie called Windfall, directed by Charlie McDowell. Think about this lineage. Charlie McDowell, and you know where I stand, the nepotism, I'm all in. Charlie McDowell's parents are Mary Steenburgen and Malcolm McDowell. Malcolm McDowell from Clockwork Orange, Mary Steenburgen from Parenthood, from Back to the Future, now married to Ted Danson. So Charlie McDowell's stepfather is Ted Danson. That means his uncle is Woody Harrelson. And coach, well, he's now a director and he's married to Phil Collins' daughter. That means that Phil Collins and Malcolm McDowell are mishpucha. I mean, that's just too good to be true. So this movie is about a man, Jason Siegel, who wants to rob the house of a rich couple who are Lily Collins and Jesse Plemons, the oddest rich couple of all time. They don't look good together on screen. They don't. Their, their vibe is not good. Their chemistry is not good. This feels like a movie that was done during COVID because the whole movie takes place in one house and you got the feeling, not like a Malcolm and Marie type movie with John David Washington and uh, Tom Holland's girlfriend. You just sort of get the feeling that uh, this was a COVID production. So it's two rich people and then Jason Siegel is taking money from them. But he didn't think they'd be home, but then they come home and then there's an entire series of events that happens where it gets dark and then darker and then darkest. So it's not a comedy. So Jason Siegel's trying to play a serious role, but he's sort of goofy. Jesse Plemons is trying to play a billionaire, but he just doesn't feel or look like it. Lily Collins is trying to play a character that's the opposite of Emily in Paris, and she's now Emily. It doesn't work. The only people who got a windfall in this movie were the McDowell family. Take a hard pass on windfall. I want to say a quick note to Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis, it was announced by his ex-wife, Demi Moore. God, they really had a, have a good divorce going, right? They, the mother and the father get along. The kids are all okay with the mother and the father. They, I think they may have even spent COVID together. 
And when Demi Moore was with Ashton Kutcher, Bruce Willis would always be around. Now Ashton Kutcher is with Mila Kunis, which means Bruce Willis doesn't spend time with them. But he's now remarried to someone who Demi Moore spends time with. And all the kids, Rumor and Scout and Tallulah, who are not kids anymore, they're adults. They, so they all made a collective announcement saying that Bruce Willis has aphasia. This is a serious disease, and it doesn't get better. There's no cure for it. It is a degenerative disease that causes you to lose the ability to communicate. And as an actor and a person or anybody, communication is critical. I've got a very close friend whose father had aphasia. And I can only tell you that uh, it is a nightmare for the family and it is a nightmare for the person who is suffering from it. And if you have a moment to pray for the Willis family while you think they don't need it, they're rich, doesn't matter. Money is not a factor when someone has this type of disease because money can't cure it. Money can get you help, get you support, but it doesn't do anything for the person or the family. So if you have a minute, please, Bruce Willis, thank you for all of the shows you did, for all of the movies. Don't forget about Moonlighting with Sybil Shepard. Don't forget about some of his great movies. Don't judge Bruce Willis by the past year where I was telling you that he couldn't make a good movie if he fell into it. He was doing 20 movies a year, one worse than the other. But if you go back and look at his career, he's given you plenty, plenty of entertainment. Thank you, Bruce. All right, Coca. You know what I want? <laughs> I want to talk to Samson. So you want to talk to Samson. That's a segment we do where you get into my Twitter, David P. Samson, turn my DMs blue and absolutely give me anxiety because I can't get back to everyone, but I try and ask a question. And it may make a show if, or I may answer it just on the phone or I may not answer it at all, but I try to read every single one. Hello, David. It's a good start. Now, you give me a non-sports topic? Hmm, that's going to attract my interest. What is your view of Facebook after they hired a firm to spread lies about TikTok? Is this normal? Well, I appreciate that you thought to ask me this because you knew that on Nothing Personal, that we don't just talk about sports. We certainly don't just talk about baseball. We're going to give you a culture, entertainment, politics. We want to inform you and let you make decisions. It came out yesterday that Facebook, which is now called the Metacarpal, Metatarsal maybe, not the Metacarpal, one of the Metas, they hired a firm that is a lobbying firm that is known as a conservative right-wing lobbying firm. And that part of the hiring this firm, part of the action that they wanted, part of the result that they needed is they were trying to hurt TikTok. TikTok is a competitor to Instagram and to Facebook. And they felt as though TikTok was getting too big a market share without accountability. And they were doing it in a way that Facebook said is not proper. So Facebook hires a firm and they're, right, you, when you hire a lobbying firm, let me just give you a side note to that. Every corporation has lobbyists. Take a look at the clothes you're wearing. Whoever makes your clothes, they hire, they hire lobbyists. Take a look at the phone, the computer, the TV, I don't, the car, food. Everybody has lobbyists. Here's what lobbyists do. 
They are in charge of going to Washington, D.C. They are in charge of sitting in front of Congress people and senators, and they are in charge of trying to make sure that laws are passed that benefit their clients or that laws are passed that hurt their competitors. That's it. You have to register to become a lobbyist because when you walk into a congressperson's office, you are representing the pork belly lobby. You're representing the technological technology lobby. You're representing the car lobby, the truckers. Pick anybody. You walk in, you put a name tag on. Hi, I'm John Cocktoston, and I'm here to tell you that we cannot afford to just do fossil fuels. We don't need clean energy. We have got to allow for pesticides on carrots. I'm in the carrot lobby because if not, we can't sell our carrots because they're going to spoil. You've got to let us do X, Y, and Z because that's how we make more money. That's what lobbyists do. It's being characterized that Facebook did something very much under the table, very sinister, trying to find a way to discredit TikTok, which is owned by a Chinese tech company trying to make up lies about TikTok, blaming TikTok for all of these terrible things on video that actually weren't on TikTok, but they could have been on TikTok. And people are saying, this is Mark Zuckerberg. This is the evil billionaire trying to crush the little guy. By the way, if you think TikTok and the company that owns TikTok, a company called ByteDance, if you think they're the little guy, then you need to readjust your perspective. And if you think that TikTok is not doing the same thing, trying to quash, crush, and eliminate Facebook and Instagram, you're just delusional. What goes on in DC would make your nose hairs curl. I've been a part of it. I've watched it up close. It's all about the amount of money, the amount of donations to a campaign. It's all about who lobbyists represent. Sometimes lobbyists even represent two sides of an issue. How do you like them apples? It's pretty good that you're going to succeed for one client, and then you say to the other client, listen, we'll get him back next year. Lobbyists are the perfect example of the Dr. Seuss snitches machine, where they make the money, and the companies just keep paying them, because some want their stars, some don't want their stars, and the lobbyist says, I'm going to make it all okay. Now, if you have family who's a lobbyist, and I know plenty of lobbyists who I actually like, who can be effective from time to time. I was my own lobbyist during the trying to get a ballpark built because I didn't want anyone speaking for me. I registered to be a lobbyist and I became a lobbyist. So whenever I would speak to commissioners or mayors or anybody, I was doing it on, on behalf of the team that I worked for who hired me to do this job. So the fact that Facebook would spend $300,000 a month on lobbyists, it's, it's nothing. So everybody who now is trying to use confirmation bias by saying, look at how bad they are for doing this. I hope what you take away from this is that it's completely normal. I respect Facebook doing this. They're calling it Meta who owns Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp. But I respect that they're doing it because their competitors are doing it. You have to do it. Now, what if Meta was making up stuff about Facebook. Cut that, 4669. What if Meta was making up stuff about TikTok? Is that possible? Does that ever happen? Of course it does. 
you are trying to convince people in the legislature to enact legislation, to do something to make it harder for your competitor. It's not unreasonable to say, yeah, I think TikTok has all these videos on it. Prove it. I'm not going to prove it. I just, I'm pretty sure they do videos where you should slap a teacher or you should drink bleach to get rid of COVID or other things that are on COVID, you know, smack your, your eye with a match. Yeah, I think they're supposed to do that on COVID and on TikTok. And then it's during COVID. So people are dying and it's terrible. You've got to really start regulating TikTok. It's up to the, your congressman to say, are we sure that's true? Because lobbyists don't want people in Congress to actually follow up on anything. They just want people in, in on Capitol Hill to hear what they say and say, oh, that makes sense. That's right. By the way, what are you giving to my PAC? Let me just ask my assistant again. How big was the contribution from the gun lobby? Just curious. What's my ranking from NRA? What am I, a C plus, B minus, an F? It's everywhere, folks. It's the government that we have chosen. It is an absolute descendant of democracy. I guess if there's one person, there's a monarchy, right? If there's one person, if it's like Castro, who lobbies Castro? No need to lobby him. In America, you do. So my view of Facebook, no different than my view was two days ago when I didn't know about this. I read the entire Washington Post article and I didn't shed a tear. I didn't have smoke coming out of my ears. I didn't turn red. I didn't do the angry emoji. I didn't do the in and out. That guy who's angry and has fire out of his head. I just said, hey, it's a Tuesday. Wednesday, Thursday, nothing personal pick of the day. Were you worried? We had the Spurs plus six over the Grizzlies. You must have been worried. They were down 20 the whole game. You're like, that's it. It's a loss for Samson. Nope. The Spurs lost to the Grizzlies by only a point. We are 37 and 27. The Spurs had a chance. LeBron James left the road trip. He's not even going to play for the Lakers when they play the Jazz. The Spurs are trying to cash the, Lake, cash the Lakers or stay ahead of the Lakers. This was a huge game without John Morant, and they could not get it done. But they covered, so we're 10 over. All right, tonight we have the Sixers playing the Pistons. Last night, the Heat actually beat the Celtics in Boston, who had been the hottest team for me, who I thought was going to be the number one seed for sure. And the Heat came in and beat them on the road. The Sixers now have to try to hold serve, and they're favored by only 11 over the Detroit Pistons. Even though it's in the Palace, we are taking the Sixers minus 11. Okay, Correction, we do this show, you know we do it straight through, and it's not edited. So I'm going to make mistakes, and when you are talking by yourself with one guy in your ear for 45 minutes every single day, you're going to make them, and I own up to them. Yesterday, I gave a talk about defamation, and we talked about the lawsuit that was filed by Trevor Bauer, the absolutely frivolous lawsuit that will not withstand a motion to dismiss. And I gave you what it is, the basic tenets of defamation. But I misspoke on one of them and I want to correct it. And thank you to someone, one of the Nothing Personal listeners who contacted me on Twitter, David P. Sampson, and got to me something I missed. I said one of the things you have to prove is that there existed negligence. Remember, the person who is accusing someone of defamation, they're the ones who have the burden of proof. You don't have to defend yourself. And it was pointed out to me correctly that when the 
person who is trying to allege defamation, in this case, Trevor Bauer, is a public figure, which Trevor Bauer clearly is, the requirement to prove defamation is not negligence on behalf of the organization, in this case, the athletic. You actually have to prove actual malice. And I don't know why I didn't think of it because, of course, you've seen the People vs. Larry Flint. Of course, you know the New York Times vs. Sullivan case. I think we may have even talked about that on a previous Nothing Personal. The fact is that Trevor Bauer has to prove that the Athletic acted with actual malice toward Trevor Bauer. Good luck, Trev. No chance, toilet pants. But thank you for that correction. Wait to see is when we tell you something's going to happen. When it does, we revisit it. When it doesn't, we revisit it. Either way, we will. Do you remember the Grand Prix on March 21st when Max Verstappen did not even make the podium? And I said in the next Grand Prix race in Saudi Arabia, he's going to be on the podium. Well, we got that one right. Max Verstappen won the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. Grand Prix in the news now every day. For whatever reason, I started watching Drive to Survive, and now my Twitter feed has Gunther all over it. Somebody's listening to something. I was doing a, uh, a dental appointment. I made a dentist appointment. It got put into my calendar. I love going to the dentist. I go six times a year to get my teeth cleaned. I have a thing about people with plaque in their teeth. It's sort of like dirty fingernails or people who pick their cuticles or someone who wears shoes that are dirty. It just drives me crazy. So I'm constantly looking at my teeth. And if I don't know you, I'll still tell you you have lettuce in your teeth because I'd always want to know if I have a head of lettuce in my teeth. So I got a... Instagram ad for like this Sensodyne toothpaste, which I'd never seen before right after the dentist was put into my calendar. Can't be a coincidence, can it? So I have Grand Prix all over my Twitter feed. Verstappen wins me that. Wait to see. And then yesterday it was announced that the Grand Prix is coming to Vegas. And I'm trying to find, is it only 2023 or is it more than a one-year deal? Like the Grand Prix is going to be in Miami in May. Is it only one year? I thought Miami was going to be 10 years. Why would they do a deal in Vegas for only one year? And I'm asking for an amazingly selfish reason. Because if the Grand Prix is in Vegas in 2024, I'm going. Because it happens to be the year my son turns 21, who loves Grand Prix. Does that not sound like a perfect plan? Looking at the Bellagio fountains, watching the cars go by, I'm in. Okay. My way to see for today. We are eight days away from the Masters Golf Tournament. I had a wait to see quite a while ago after Tiger Woods had his car accident that Tiger Woods would play in a PGA tournament again. I'm going to double down on that wait to see and tell you that Tiger Woods is coming back for the Masters this year. He already is there. People, their rumors, the whole smoke fire thing. If there were ever a tournament to come back for for Tiger Woods, it's the Green Jacket Tournament. If there's ever a way to maximize the comeback, the feel-good story, to put some of his past indiscretions even further in the past, to show that even with his new leg from that horrific car accident, that he can once again be at the top of his game, even if he doesn't make the cut at the Masters, it doesn't matter. It means his comeback will be complete. And walking 18 holes in Augusta, that is no easy feat, even when you're not schlepping a bag. Wait to see. Tiger Woods will participate in the Masters. Why? 
it is one of the great business moves he could make. And you know Tiger, just like you know Tom. It's just business. This has been nothing personal.